do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode there is so much action to be taken but the action isn't massive start small start so small start with the five minutes because if you keep that up if you stay consistent if you keep going if you keep refining those three pillars that val mentioned if you never give up then you know what you're going to be in a much better position than you were when you first started from my perspective i can say just start just commit to something stay on the process and don't give up so set yourself a goal like nick and me did today with the linkedin maybe it's linkedin for you as well and if you feel like you don't know what to write about or no one wants to know what I write about. We sometimes feel the same, but it's just about doing something, looking at the data, reflecting after a couple of months, which content worked. Is it the growth content? Is it the audience building? Is it the lead content? whatsoever? Looking at data is one massive thing that can help you decide on uh, what strategies to follow. So not doing what you think is right, but looking at data which is absolutely transparent for you, which can multiply you in, in the, in, to the future. So, set yourself a goal from today, when you're listening this, to the end of 2023, and see how far you can come with, this, with these three pillars. Just starting, staying consistent, and not giving up until the 31st of December. Even if that means if it's five minutes of work, 1% of your day represents 15 minutes. That's not even a 1% effort you put in into your day. Five minutes, that's all it could take to open up doors in the future. Do yourself a favor and see how far you can come. And he's here, he is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Sculptor Podcast. In today's episode, it is me and Val, and we are going through the flywheel effect, which is an episode that we have wanted to do for some time. It's taken, I'd say, maybe two to three months to get this episode done, but we've been very, very busy, both of us. And also, I have done something in the background that Val doesn't know about, and I haven't talked to him about, for researching the flywheel effect in my life, but also the lives of people around me, which is going to be a good point of discussion. But with that being said, Val, can you please introduce the flywheel effect and how you came to the concept itself? So, basically, the flywheel effect is a concept that I got introduced by reading a book about business. It actually comes from the business world, but I personally believe that I can introduce it into my life philosophy. And after reading the book, I um, worked on this philosophy a lot in order to implement it into my life. So the exact definition by the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins is the flywheel effect as a business concept was introduced by Jim Collins in his seminal books, Good to Great, and it was used to state the fact that companies don't become exceptional as a result of a single intervention 
or initiative, but rather from the accumulation of little wins that stack up over years of hard work. In simple terms, the flywheel effect is like the big water wheel, uh, or a flywheel in that sense, you have to start pushing it. Like every single thing in life that you start on a new, you have to start somewhere. The flywheel effect works like this. You start pushing with all the momentum you have, with your, all the power in the world. On day one, it doesn't move an inch. On day two, you push with the same exact power. It doesn't move an inch. But you need to stay on it. Stay consistent, win up, win the small little wins. And over time, there is no exact timeline on it. It can take six months, it can take eight months, it can take two years, a decade. It doesn't matter. It's about staying there and working on it on the long-term perspective. Because eventually, you will get the little wheel going. That 100-pound sucker will start moving an inch. And that's when you know you cracked it. And that's the point where you need to stay on it. And eventually, you will get that wheel going more and more and more and more to the point of it going itself. You left your own power off of it and that thing is going. It's like going down the mountain. Nothing's stopping it. It's working by itself. And that's the best feeling in the world, I can tell you guys. That's my ultimate goal for both my football career and my business. Where the work I put in results into it working for me. It's like um, stocks. If you invest in stocks over a long period of time, eventually those stocks will work for you if you um, have a right strategy or whatever. But what I want to say with this, it's not just a business concept. It can also be introduced to your life's philosophy, to your dreams, and so ever. So this is my definition of the flywheel effect. And I think when I, I first read the book roughly six months ago, I introduced this concept to Nick as well, and we both use it in our day-to-day -day lives to further our careers and to get us where we are. But to always remember not to give up in those crucial moments where it maybe feels like I am overwhelmed or it feels like what the work's not um, resulting in the results that I want, but staying consistent, working on it to your ultimate goal you have in your life. And that's the end of the episode, guys. Um, thank you so much for this. Val, kidding. That was brilliant. That was like literally, you summed that up perfectly. Very, very good job from yourself. And literally, as I, you know, I've said that could be the end of the episode there, but it's not. So, quick headphone change. Sorry, guys. But as Val just summarized very well, the flywheel effect. I have two questions for Val, and we'll go with the first one, which is. The compound effect. The flywheel effect, do you think this is a very similar thing to the compounding effect? Because as you were saying, the inch that you initially move, well, even the, the effort that you give to moving an inch for the first year might only give you, you know, two inches of moving. The next year, maybe it's 2.4. The next year, maybe it's 2.7. And then it compounds, compounds, compounds. You get a very good um, analogy with the stock trading and things like this. I was listening to even a podcast this morning about it, how I think for you to make your first six figures, it like takes, I think, six years of like compounding um, like a certain amount of money and it just compounds. So can you kind of relate that 
to a compounding effect trial? I would separate it into two different scenarios. The, I love the compound effect as well, but I would categorize the compound effect in this way. Once you start a new task or a new thing or your new dream, the compound effect sets in or kicks in while you're working on getting that wheel going. So you try to compound and compound and compound, you know, push even harder and harder and harder until you eventually uh, set that wheel off. But for me, the compound effect kind of stops there because the long-term perspective of the flywheel is to get it, get such good momentum that it works on itself. The compound effect for me has a more of an acute impact and uh, tries to help you on like a monthly basis or a yearly basis until you reach that threshold of where you get the flywheel going and to push it even further. So I like both analogies and I like, for example, one of our co-hosts in the past, Charlie, who is a big advocate of the compound effect, which I love in an acute perspective, but in a long-term perspective, which is all, which I am all about, it's about getting that momentum up and running so that thing never stopped rolling. Yeah, okay, I, I understand what you're saying there. So what I think about that, right, is that the flywheel effect, or I even think of the analogy of the flywheel itself, right? When we get to the point of the flywheel being so powerful, we can't really stop it, right? Is that kind of what you mean by we, when we think of the analogy of the flywheel going down a hill and it's just so fast, you know, it's got so much momentum and weight behind it. It's almost like, I would, in my personal experiences, for me, when I think about training, like the, the thought of me just stopping training all up isn't even a thought anymore. Even if I quitted football tomorrow, I probably still, to even just quit football tomorrow because I just didn't, you know, didn't want to pursue it anymore, I would still probably end up training football for at least a few months just because I'd be like, it's just so unnatural for me. Like, this is how far I am on the flywheel. And that is that what you kind of attribute to be the differentiating factor between the compound and the flywheel? Because you said the compound is more of an acute and the flywheel is more of a long-term thing. Yeah, I, I resonate with exactly what you said. So, for example, as a pers from a personal anecdote of mine, it's like during a season when you're training every single day, your body catches momentum as well. In preseason, you're turning the wheel. During the season where you have heavy load, the intensity is high, and you're in a rhythm, you have the momentum. You're less likely to get injured, etc. But once that off-season comes, the tra training maybe shuts down and you take a complete break. That's when the flywheel kind of stops because you, of course, have to take a break for your body. But the chronological aspect of the intensity you had over the season flies down. And you need to work on that flywheel again during the next preseason or the pre-preseason for the next season. It gets hard again. You don't want to train. That's kind of my feeling, which I think Nick doesn't have because he loves training every single time and he's in such a big momentum at the moment or in general over the last few years. But for me, this summer, this summer was hard for me because I felt like, oh, I don't even want to train, honestly, um, because I had such a good time. I needed the time off because I had a tough four months in Greece over the last months, but I knew the intensity, the chronological intensity, I need to rack up again. And this doesn't work by doing it once or twice a week. Uh, you need to compound it. You need to stay on it. It's like pushing that wheel further again. So the wheel just stopped. It hit a wall maybe, and uh, you broke through the wall by chipping away, but you need to get going again. The preseason starts again, but once you catch momentum again, that thing is rolling beautifully. So I, I, I like what you said. 
um there are different stages i believe for anyone um but it it you can have it in a more overall perspective the flywheel effect or you can have it in a day-to-day -day basis i don't know maybe sometimes you feel like the mornings are struggling uh, or very tough for you you can't get up off the, out of bed it's like pushing against the wheel the push the wheels pushing back against you and once you get going out of bed you get into your routine um or or whatever the day goes by faster and you feel better again so it's small steps which is the main thing to then build it that momentum and through the small actionable steps as you said there it could be the morning thing something that i really like i would classify myself as a morning person um although i it's tough with being a morning person because I think that just being a morning person, um, I don't have to be a morning person. I also can be a night owl. It's just that I like the extremes. I either would stay up really late and live on a completely different time schedule to everyone else or wake up really early and live on a different time schedule to everyone else. So kind of figuring out what works for you, but then it helps you then take the small actionable steps every single day. And um, my last question from the first two questions that I had was, where do you actually see yourself currently for both football and business on the flywheel effect? If we're envisioning, if we're envisioning Mount Everest and we're envisioning a flat plateau on the top of Mount Everest where Val is trying to push a 20-ton rock down Mount Everest, where do you see yourself right now on a flat plateau trying to push that rock down Mount Everest? So that's a really, really good question, which I honestly love because right now I'm loving the stage. I would honestly say I'm simultaneously on both the right paths for one, my football career, which I'm working on for 10 years, which I've just now hit like my first big milestone, but it's not just there yet. I know it's not just there yet. I had some, some big offer, which unfortunately fell through, but I know this offer will not be the last that I get. And I just need to push that thing over the edge. So the next six months, if I get that playing time that we are working on right now, if I stay fit, I am pushing the wheel down there and catching momentum. And I will tell you that I will reach my five-year goal in the next two to three years. I'm positive on that. And I trust in the people around me. I trust in my agent. I trust, most importantly, in the process. Maybe it's not my biggest... Um, uh, my, um, my, it, it, maybe it wasn't my first choice to go back to Greece, but I know exactly that is the right thing for the flywheel and for the process. In terms of business, I am now six months into it, after, six months after launching my website. I'm two years into it after production and everything, everything else. And I can say honestly, okay, it have, it, have, it have been some interesting months, some challenging, but we got some, we got revenue. We are getting connections and we are right now close to cutting multiple different collaborations and sponsorships with different peoples and organizations. So it's also there when we go back to the mountain and the flat top, I would say we are 100 meters away in both aspects of reaching that goal of going down the hill and catching that momentum. Of course, it wasn't easy all the time. There are days where I don't want to work or where it didn't work which is for my personal preference, okay. I know Nick has a different uh, orientation and, uh, and aspect going into those uh, things, 
but for me that's okay. But I always work on the long-term perspective and view, which is most important for me, and I trust the process. Maybe some people in my life don't believe in myself or don't believe in me. They don't believe in the journey I want to uh, go on. But I know I want to do the right thing for what's critical for me. Uh, but hitting that question back to you, Nick, where do you believe you are on the mountain analogy? Well, first of all, Val, I want to just emphasize how I could say proud I am with, with, with both of your football career and your business, right? I think that for me, when I look at it, I see a, I see a set standard. I, I, I see it and I'm thinking, okay, well, I know that, you know, Val's one year older than me. I know that this is, first of all, the, I know it's possible. I also know the person that I am to make whatever I, whatever I think that I can do possible. Something that I spoke about in the delusion episode, something I've been speaking with Val about yeah, privately. So first of all, Val, the standard is set. Very admirable. Uh, I think that there's a reason why Val and I found each other. And it's not, it's not a coincidence because when we think alike, we will eventually find each other because when you do it the right way, the paths will collide, right? LinkedIn is that for us. And there's no coincidence there. Secondly, uh, to, to the, the question, where I envision myself on the flywheel. For football, it's difficult, right? I have a lot of setbacks. I have a lot of setbacks, although I haven't ever stopped in football. Therefore, it makes me feel like I'm very far down that flywheel. And to the point that I made previously where even if I was to stop playing football tomorrow, I don't think, let's say, I stop with the dream that I have, right? I don't even think I'd be able to stop playing football immediately, right? I would, I would definitely be able to shift my obsession onto the next thing. It's very easy for me to shift my obsession onto the next thing. Um, there's so many different examples I can give of that just from the last month, week, day, everything, right? But for me, where I am right now, I can't tell you where because I don't have these um, these massive, let's say, achievements. I do, although I can't point them out to you right now. I can tell you what my most recent one was, like when I signed with Bayreuth. This was big for me. But currently, you could see that maybe as a new level where you're reaching. And now, obviously, when we think of the analogy of uh, on Mount Everest, if we're talking about a level that we're reaching, we're going, we're descending. So I would say that I'm at a plateau and I'm pushing hard, I'm pushing hard, I'm pushing hard. Then when I get one of these objectives, like signing with Bayreuth for me, that then starts the flywheel again. And that, that, that trajectory is much steeper because then I'm starting to get more game time, right? I'm playing against the under-19s, I'm getting more recognition, I'm becoming, uh, I'm getting a reputation in Germany. Right, for me, this is important. You're getting a reputation in Germany because having a reputation in Australia is all well and good if you want to be an Australian footballer. But when have I ever wanted to be an Australian footballer? <laughs> That's not the case. So I want to be in a, I want to be a German footballer, or a European footballer. So when I get these tangible uh, objectives, it pushes me further down. Now these are very subjective measurements because the same measurements might 
mean nothing to another person. Like for Val, signing with Bayreuth may have not pushed him down that same trajectory because it's all subjective. But for me, where I see myself currently, I'm kind of at a plateau right now. I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. I'm not moving as much as I'd like to. But you know what? I, because I didn't stop pushing, it means that I am much closer to getting that next pla uh, that next massive dip on the flywheel to where, you know what? If, if I stopped pushing and I, and I stopped making these little, little, little gains, then this dip that's, that's 10 meters away, that's going to be the biggest dip of my life so far. I'm much closer to it than if I stop. Therefore, that's where I think I am in football, in business. Well, I'm at the very, very beginning. Let's just say that. The sculpted was my first ever business endeavor. And it's not really even a business, right? It's at the moment, it's a vision. And I don't actually necessarily see sculpted as being more than a vision. Yes, there will be business endeavors from sculpted. But sculpted, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a, it, we're, sh we're shifting the culture. We want sculpted to be about sculpting, not grinding. It's a, it's a, it's a sculpting. We're sculpting the future gener generations, right? So that's kind of where I um, see myself. But does that kind of make sense, Val? It does make sense. And I just want to put one emphasis for both of us. If the people are listening out there and you think, oh, Nick has come so far already or me, Val, have come so far already in our careers, you never have, you don't, you're not allowed to underestimate what sacrifices we make, how much work we put in, how much sweat, tears, and stress have gone in. I just have to give a quick shout out to Nick, my man. I take inspiration on this guy every single day. This young man came from Australia alone to Europe to Germany, one of the best countries with the best goalkeepers, with the best young academies in the world. You can regularly see, see this in the youth league. They are always doing quite well. And he wanted to become a goalkeeper here. Maybe he had better chances to do this in Australia, but he knew for himself that he wanted to do this. He wanted to be obsessive about it. He wanted to reach his fucking goal. And that's First of all, my first inspiration that I take from him. Secondly, the work ethic he puts in on a daily basis. If you knew all the stuff we talk about in private, I admire this guy. His work ethic is off the roots. I often have to take myself responsible and tell myself, oh, I need to do it like Nick does. Sometimes I need to think about how, what is Nick doing right now to get myself back on track. Because this guy, is changing the world on a daily basis. I'm not gonna lie. I love seeing his progress. I love that we're talking so much and communicating about different things. He tells me personal uh, thoughts. I tell him personal thoughts. We discuss many things. We try, try to help each other out. And I'm very thankful that I reached out to him. Like you said, the platform LinkedIn, where I can just recommend to anybody else, that, uh, out, anybody out there trying to make connections because like the saying goes, your network is your net worth. You need to get under the people. Start talking, start messaging, start getting yourself out there to talk to people, to make more connections like I did. My first initial contact point was to get Nick as a synth athlete. And this resulted in us becoming good friends, talking on a daily basis. If you knew that we always set ourselves 10 minute timers 
not to talk further. And we are never achieved this. We always talk more than an hour. But I love our conversations. I just need to get that out there. Because this is also going back to the flywheel effect, the compound effect, or whatever analogy it is. Staying on it, staying consistent, not giving up on your dreams, believing and trusting the process. Maybe if, it, if that means working in, in, the, in the back room on your tasks, not showing everything on social media, let the people talk and just doing your thing and not giving up. If you have setbacks like Nick had in the past, like I have in the past, losing people, that doesn't matter. Staying aligned with your goals, I think is the most crucial aspect and not giving up. Yeah, I think very, very, very well said. Um, two things. Thank you very much. I appreciate everything you said. That's, that's very much appreciated. I'm glad that one thing that I, uh, I liked is that you said that you think about what, I'm, what am I doing right now? And that's something that I've talked about in previous episodes when I think about that in myself, right? If Val is thinking about, okay, what am I doing right now? And then I'm thinking about what is Ronaldo doing right now? Then, you know, the trajectory of our efficiency is going to be going so high when we've got these standards set in front of us. The second thing was the small steps that I liked. And I think that an attribute to that was the LinkedIn mention. The trajectory from LinkedIn that both Val and I get, it started from very little. I can tell you the exact story to when I started a LinkedIn profile. I remember this car trip so clearly it was so weird and my friend who put me onto LinkedIn is a very, very good guy and he got me on LinkedIn and I started with a few hundred connections, posting my stuff every single, every single game. Now to where I am, it is second nature for me to post on LinkedIn. It is second nature for me to improve my LinkedIn profile. Everything is through the flywheel because I've just gained so much momentum doing these things, these small little steps. And what I will emphasize on that is that when you, when you start to take action and you see no results, you don't stop. That's a very important thing. Yeah. I think that sets here the perfect example of people saying, oh, Nick has 19,000 followers on LinkedIn. How did this guy do it? First of all, he was eating dirt, I'm just going to say, maybe the first two years when he started. I don't, I don't actually, yeah, okay, first three years. I, don't, I didn't even know how long uh, he, he had LinkedIn for until it resulted. Or for example, Alex Hormozzi, a perfect example as well. Having his podcast, doing 300 episodes for five years, no one even gave a shit about him. And then suddenly episode 301 takes off, the wheel gets going. And him going off the charts with his podcast. Same with Nick. Suddenly, this guy has 19,000 followers. Only because he stayed on it. He didn't give a shit about what other people thought at the beginning. He stayed resilient. And he continued to push through even in those three years where maybe no one even cared. But he stayed consistent. One post every single day. Maybe his engagement is not off the charts. But I can probably say this guy posts more frequently and consistently than most creators out there. And this is why I admire him. And this is why I actually 
on today's day, the 28th of August, I decided to build my personal brand out on LinkedIn as well. So I am posting three times a week cons consecutively uh, about the worlds of football and business, which I love and would like to combine and share my personal thoughts. But I know as well, maybe I'm only going to get five people to see it. But for me, it's the long-term perspective. I see myself getting more opportunities through LinkedIn in a long-term perspective than if I don't post something or I don't share. Maybe if I can get, like with the podcast, which is my mission, maybe we can ask Nick in a second as well. My mission with this podcast, also if we only have one listener, is to get the most valuable content out there for this one listener to take action for his life, to improve his life, that we can make one transformation, for example, or have one person get inspired by us by our stories, by our analogies, by what we are doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I guess we're setting the standard. And I think that that's a very, very important part of the podcast because for me, one thing that I made clear from even when I started this podcast with Charlie, I told him that I am committed to this. I won't stop if we have two listeners. I won't stop in a year's time if we have three listeners. I made this very clear to him. And even when um, we kind of split ways with the podcast, something that I made clear to him was, okay, do you give me full permission to continue it? Because for me, I, I can't fathom quitting. I can't fathom allowing myself to give up on something that I see as something that can be very beneficial to my career. Something that I could also see as very beneficial to the people around me. And even, okay, I can, I can transparently say in front of all of the listeners right now, and it's probably quite obvious, this podcast isn't the most successful podcast in the world. We have a few, I think, 2,000 listeners all up. You know, it's cool, great, but if you compare this to some of the biggest podcasts in the world, we're tiny. And for me, that's okay. This is month eight almost month nine of the podcast, okay? And for me, the podcast is a good example of the flywheel effect as Val, you've been saying, right? So when you listen to us in three years' time and, and you think, oh, wow, they came out of nowhere, you know, how did this happen? You look back at this episode and realize, well, there'll, there'll probably be a few reasons for the trajectory and the success of this podcast. One reason could definitely be Val and my individual career success, which would immediately shift a podcast up to recognition but then also maybe the sculpting of the podcast itself refining the methods when Val and I can then get better cameras when Val and I can maybe even record episodes in person when we can then call up Michael Jordan and get him on a podcast like these things we're sculpting the podcast as well and the thing about sculpting is that it starts with the small actionable steps when we think about the flywheel and how a sculptor starts sculpting, imagine if he just got a, I don't know, a chainsaw and if yanked it and start ripping up the piece of rock and he just took out a massive chunk. That's just not going to work, right? He has to take small little chisels every time. And that's what the flywheel effect also aligns with sculpting. Kind of sort of saying that. I, I, I would also um, add to this during the stage of trying to get that flywheel going, it's like the learning stage. Like 
the analogy with the podcast here right now. I think we have a prime example of creating a flywheel effect with this. Nick just mentioned it. We maybe have 2,000 listeners overall in, our, in all the episodes we have right now. But the connections and the learnings we already made with the multiple different people we interviewed is for my business, exceptionally, I made some great connections. Uh, Nick got these connections through staying consistent on LinkedIn, getting himself out there on a daily basis. And for myself, or for Nick, I believe as well, we never had a podcast before. We're going into this process blindfolded. We're doing this as we are doing uh, best practice scenarios. We're just doing it. It's the same I'm doing with my business. It's the same I'm doing with my pro career. It's the same Nick doing with his pro career and his analogy he will tell us in a second. We need to get Nick uh, a new internet connection. So people, please chip in. Uh, we can do a GoFundMe page for Nick's Wi-Fi. But uh, going back to um, my part, I think it's great to see our progress over the next few years. If, it's, if, if it may be that we stay at 2,000 listeners in, in, until 2026, doesn't matter. First of all, it's, I think, a learning for both of us, getting better at speaking in front of people, speaking in front of the camera, getting more comfortable. I remember the first few episodes, I barely talked because I felt uncomfortable. I've never done this. English is not my primary language. But I, I, w I could rely on Nick helping me guide me through this journey, help me get better. All the stuff Nick does in the background for the podcast, I admire him. I want to help him out. I love introducing um, the podcast to others. But I think it's a learning curve for, all, for both of us. We are both right now pushing the flywheel to those stages. I think on the mountain aspect again, we are at the beginning of the mountaintop. We're trying to get on that plateau in order to rip it down the mountain, that tra 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 trajectory. So I think that's a good example of small wins. We're taking a small win here. Which we're showing up every single day to do this podcast. We are trying to do a better job, getting new microphones, new camera. We're trying to improve the quality of hosts, us both. We had different hosts in the past, but we don't need to speak about them right now. We had multiple different, different guests. We want to have a, a bigger portfolio. We want to give more value to you guys. This is everything we are doing by just doing it. Just starting out. We don't know. We don't have a clue what we're doing. But we love the process. And we want to share these things with you guys. So you can also check out our social medias to stay on it. To stay on, on the grind, on the documentation journey like I like to call it. And just do it yourself. Try something new out. The flywheel is not going to happen in one single day or one setback. One uh, one setback doesn't mean that the flywheel project is over. Keep going, keep grinding, and you will eventually, even if it's hard, if it's overwhelming, if you feel like, I don't want to continue this, if you feel like your passion is gone, I'm speaking from personal experiences, stay on the grind. Pull through. Exactly. Or stop. Tell them quickly on that. You said that the setback, I think a good analogy for the setback is when you think about a mountain and you think about the uh, typography 
That's the word. If you think about the typography of a mountain and you see all of these little peaks across the mountain, when you go, you know, like this, maybe, and this is me thinking out aloud, on the flywheel effect, when you're going down the trajectory of a mountain and you run into something, could be a setback. Is this maybe a plateau? Is this maybe a peak that you've run into? Is this maybe a time where you, it's not tools down, you keep going and you continue to push, 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 push. And then maybe once you get over that, you know, obstacle, that setback, whatever it is, that's where the next uh, valley or peak lies for you to then dive down, which is kind of what I was actually saying about my own um, experience right now for where I am in football. At that plateau, this is that kind of analogy where that can build the most resilience, right? When I think about for myself, where the podcast is at, and even when I'm thinking about where Val is at with the podcast, what Val was saying when he first started to where he is now, something that I said to Val, I think two weeks ago, maybe when we filmed that episode, was how proud I was of him, of how much he's improved. He's able to then get past that initial plateau, right? As Val said, we've never had a podcast before. We've got no clue what we're doing. But when we first started, right, I had only been doing it for like three months before when Val started um, started with me, right? So I was still very much at a similar point to him. But a few months later, Val's, Val's doing exceptionally. And this is, this is a prime example of first, sculpting, and secondly, the flywheel effect. And I think that that is attributing to the development and also the resilience that we have in the flywheel effect. Because I think Val, and, and you can correct me here or attribute here in a personal experience where that tough time of pushing the flywheel builds the most character. Because I think that the setbacks, the perceived setbacks or the lack of results are difficult because there's no incentive to keep going. Do you understand that? I think breaking it down a little bit simpler for me is the moments where the struggle is the most or you feel like giving up. If you like on the typo uh, typography aspect, you're just rolling down the mountain and then there's like a spike. You have a challenge in front of you. If you get through that, like Nick just mentioned with me, improving my podcast skills, if I may say so myself, I felt proud. I felt happy. I loved the feeling because I knew the struggle going in. I didn't like it at the beginning. It felt uncomfortable, but I was seeking that discomfort. Seeking discomfort more often makes you, first of all, more happy because you can see where you were and where you are at right now, how much you, can, you have improved. You can be proud of yourself. And I think those are the moments that make our character, like Nick said, the setbacks we had, the, the relationships we had, etc. We can only get better from here. And looking bad, it just warmed my heart. Not going to lie. It felt really nice. And looking at my own progress in my football career or in, in my uh, business career so far, I'm still young, 20 years. Both of Nick and I are young. But I think also for him, uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that like are there moments in your life that that warmed your heart after hearing 
you went through setbacks. I like that point. And what I'll attribute that to, and maybe this will even clear it up in your head a little bit. Something that I think is very prevalent in the world today is hedonism. Now what hedonism is, or hedonism, is the constant... Uh, the constant feeling to seek happiness in whatever endeavor. And I'm not talking about success. I'm talking about it could be drugs, alcohol, you know, things that give you TikTok, instant gratification. In this world, we seek for things that will give us happiness through short-term, let's say, dopamine, things like this, right? This is all well and good until you reach that peak, right? When those things don't give you that same level of dopamine. For people who are constantly seeking this higher, higher level of dopamine, and this also even is in a line, but in a negative skew to the flywheel, when you're continuing to progress and push that bar higher and higher and higher, which is the exact opposite of the flywheel, you're pushing that bar lower and lower and lower, so you're making more progress. The things that gave you happiness originally might not be able to give you happiness now. And what I'm saying with this is that the emotion that Val was attributing to the progress and the, the feeling that he had looking back in this in this journey, which I also really liked how Val, you were saying that the journey gives you so much joy, which I really align with as well. Now, Val, you were saying that you felt pride in the work that you've done. I think that's massive. When I think about my day, and I'm thinking about, and I'm reflecting, right? I have my journal, big component uh, of journaling. When I write out the emotions that I felt, happiness is rarely one that I, I give much validity to, right? Happiness is great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Although my happiness typically stems from things that I achieve, okay? It, it comes from getting results, not seeking happiness through TikTok through YouTube videos, through other things that may give me happiness. These things, I don't actually give much validity to because these are very short-term. Now, the things that Val is attributing his happiness to is the pride that he feels in achievement through progression, through the flywheel. When he's, at, when he's going through the tough times, he feels these emotions that maybe are the opposite of happiness. He's neglecting the happiness. But when he is able to then go beyond those and he is then able to reap reward, he feels a sense of pride. And that pride is something that I think is missing today. People don't take pride in the progress as much as they may have used to because we have these other things where we can say, oh, you know what? I didn't achieve this. And maybe people don't uh, differentiate the, the happiness to pride factor, right? So they may think, okay, well, you know what? Didn't achieve this. I'm just going on TikTok. Scroll on TikTok, scroll on TikTok. Oh, I feel great. The same feeling is there. Maybe the accomplishment and pride isn't there, but it could be masked in the happiness. And this happiness being masked the pride, Val and I feel very prideful in the things that we do. We love seeing the journey, right? These things are hard to get past in the flywheel effect because you may see other people feeling pride or happiness doing other things whilst you're struggling. Now, what I do to make sure that I get over this is I take pride in the struggle. I take a lot of pride in the struggle. When, it, when things go tough, right now, right? A lot of people in my situation probably would have stopped by now. 
But that gives me pride knowing that they probably would have stopped. I've got pride waking up every single day. You know, when I train, I just trained before I was on the call with Val, right? I feel prideful that I did that. I, I don't feel happiness. I feel, you know what? I did that. Other people wouldn't do that. I have pride in that. And this pride keeps me going because I know other people probably would have stopped. And that's what keeps me on the flywheel effect. Do you kind of see what I'm saying there, Val? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have maybe one practical exercise for all you guys out there feeling like you're never achieving something, you have too much on your plate. Because a couple of months ago, going back to February, I talked to my life coach, like I love, uh, like to call him. He's my therapist. We talk about everything, about my feelings, etc. I can only highly recommend people speaking more to anyone you feel trust or, or something about. But a practical exercise we spoke about is, if, for example, from my business perspective, if I have a lot to do, I, I, I write down the list of to-dos I have for the day, for the week, whatsoever. And at the end of the day, my list only has, for example, two things crossed out. And I get the feeling of being overwhelmed, having achieved nothing, my mood changing, only because I didn't take off the complete list. Now, shifting your mindset to a different perspective. Don't only look at the things you've not achieved. It's called a Kanban board, this exercise. Create a Kanban board. So the Kanban board exercise is a great tool to identify your achievements. Stop only looking at the things you've not done. The Kanban board outlines this perfectly. Create a list of three different pillars. On the left, you have the things you need to do, your to-do list. In the middle, it's only allowed to have three to-dos. So you shift three to-dos into the middle sector, the middle content, which is doing. So you're actively working on only three tasks, tasks, and you're not allowed to work on more than three tasks. You can only cross them off or complete this com uh, uh, table once you've finished all three tasks. On the very right content pillar, it says complete. And this is the most lovable content pillar that I have. It's the things that I have achieved on the day or on the last week. And I can see it pile up and it gives me a feeling that I've never experienced before. Because I'm not only looking at the things at the end of the day that I've not achieved, which get my mood down, where I sit tell myself, oh, you should have done this or this or this, or you should have used your time more productively. No, some tasks are maybe more boring, take up more energy, are more stressful. But it comes down to looking at what are the things you achieved, not only a daily basis, but like going back to the small wins, the bigger picture, what have you achieved in your life that you can be proud of? It's not always what I've not done or how far have I not come yet on the vision board or whatsoever. Look at the small tasks. It's not always about how much money did I make. It's about what are the tasks that I've done like, that I can feel like I'm proud of, which maybe sucked, but I got through them. I pushed through them. I compounded and I got where I wanted to. Very interesting that you say this. Now, this is also another point that I want to go into about the flywheel effect is that some of these things, I'm unaware of the concepts, right? You, you put a name to that and I can't pronounce that name properly because I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll put it in later, but it's interesting that you said it, right? Because that same philosophy, I actually came up with myself 
two years ago. And I've never heard that until right now. And I can show you it in my journal. Split up in my to-do list is the must completes, the processes, and the things that I can work on behind the scenes. So every single day. Now it's a little bit different to what you're saying there, but it's still broken up into the to-do list and it's broken up into like priorities. And what I also think is a similar kind of um, philosophy is Tim Grover's method of attention and your focus. Don't manage your time, manage the focus and attention that you give to it, which is an interesting thing that I am implementing more and more into my day as I start to go down business endeavors and then also trying to still manage the footballing side because it's very hard to be obsessive about business whilst being obsessive about football. And for me, the football is more important than the business. But with saying that, managing the focus and attention is very important. Is that aligning with that, Val? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. The other thing that I wanted to say before we go into personal anecdotes is, Val, before you knew or read the book about the flywheel, had you ever created a philosophy or an awareness around the flywheel before putting terminology behind it? I have to honestly say no. I think in the last two years, um, after school, I would say, where I started to read books, honestly, in, in, in my school time, I've ne not read a single book. I've only listened to the audiobooks. I, I, I only read through the summaries of the chapters. I've never read a single book in my school career because they were books that were forced, that I was forced to read. I was never a guy. If I was forced something to do, that's just not me. I need to pursue things that I like. I'd have an intrinsic motivation to do or complete. And I think after school, I got more into not self-help books, but like autobiographies, uh, like Shoe Dog um, from the Nike founder, which is great, uh, into different David Goggins books, or to this one from Jim Collins, Good to Great, where it talks about the business concepts. And I think in the last two years, I picked up on two great analogies that I take on a daily basis into my life, into, into the dreams that I pursue. And they are one, the flywheel effect. It's looking into the long-term perspective in my, for example, in my personal anecdotes, which Nick already mentioned that we will go into in a second, but I already mentioned mine a little bit. I only have two, which I want to share with you guys. And that's the football aspect of not giving up. I want to be in a top five nation. And second league, like the Bundesliga, La Liga 2, England, second league, championship, whatsoever, in five years. And I know I can get there by continuing trusting the process. And on the business side, by 2026, I want to have the right team of 10 people working for me. I want to hit 1 million net sales. And I know I will achieve this by having different strategies, by trial and error, by working on different things and just trying it out seeing what happens, what not. But the other analogy I took from a different book, or rather it's, it was from Wubi, but it correlated perfectly with my life. It was from Fast and Furious 10, I have to say. Um, it's no one starts at the finish line. You need to start somewhere. And most people say, oh, I can't get there. Yeah, of course you can't get there because you've not started. Maybe you can go beyond. Like Nick's ex Nick example with LinkedIn. He didn't start at 19,000 followers. He started at zero. He worked his way up. And I would love to hear, what are your flywheel examples 
or like personal anecdotes, or do you have another analogy that you correlate with any of these philosophies? Yeah, so two things on, on what you said there is firstly, I actually didn't know about the flywheel effect until you told me about it. And what I was talking about a lot prior to that was memento, which is literally just, if I was to put into chat GPT, give me an analogy for momentum, it would come up with the flywheel effect. Really? Um, we could test it, but I'm pretty, sh I'm pretty sure that would happen. Like it's, we were tested. Yeah, like the flywheel effect isn't a synonym for momentum, but if there was a synonym for flywheel effect, it would definitely, momentum would definitely be in there. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely wasn't aware of the flywheel effect until you first educated me on that. Now that's also being pointed to the thing that I said for where the, my journal also lined up with the that one. And um, it's quite often the label that I'm not aware of, but the process I had already kind of philosophized myself. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say was the goals that you had. And this is what I recently made an episode about, about delusion. And I've spoken to Val about Delusion is massive. And you know what? I am so I am so delusional. But I'm aware of it. But you know what? I said about something crazy yesterday. I'm very aware of how crazy that is. But if I actually make this happen, that was I really delusional? Or was I just meticulously planning? Was I meticulously being aware of the actual situation around me? Was I actually not delusional at all? Was I actually just doing the necessary things. And you know what? I hope that Val thinks I am delusional. Because I think I am. Oh, you are. Delusional. Definitely. But you know if, you're, if you're not delusional in this society and world, how do you want to be part of the 1%? How do you want to make a difference? Exactly. How can you expect to get there if you're thinking in such a confined box? If you're putting these limitations on yourself, the odds of you getting there is impossible. Because even if you think that, you know, let's say, okay, I want to become the best footballer in the world. But then you're thinking, I don't really have the skills to do that. I don't think that it's even possible. I want to, but I don't think it's possible. Then you will never get there. It is way too hyper-competitive for you to even get a, a little sniff of being there. It's just That's just not how the world works, right? You actually have to do the due diligence. You have to believe it. When you start believing and acting in that way, you start to create your own luck. You start to push that. You know, that boulder off the top of the cliff and you start to get that momentum. Now, with that said, now this episode is going to be a big episode. We're aware of that. But the personal anecdotes. As mentioned, Val, you've already got, kind of gone through a few. I have a lot that I want to talk about, although I'm not going to say it in, you know, an hour. It's going to be a little bit shorter than an hour, hopefully. Um, but Val, if you want to go through anything just quickly... Um, with your personal anecdotes. Now I would just honestly say the two personal anecdotes I have is my football career, which I use as a flywheel effect. I trust the process. I, I view it as a long-term project in my business as well. I put everything on the line. I, I took out my life insurance, which was supposed to be for my studies, and I put 35000 on the line to start my company, to invest in stock, to um, build an LLC to invest in, in different softwares, and etc. So I put that on the line to pursue my dream. 
personally, I put back every single penny uh, which I earn in terms of revenue back into my company. I don't take anything out. I, I want to reinvest it and look at it in the long term. As I previously mentioned, my goal is to hit 1 million net sales until 2026. Okay, maybe I am delusional here, but I don't care. I want to hit that. And I always say, you can't fall lower than the ground because you're already standing on the ground. If you fall over, it's the ground. So why, don't, why not aim high, go for your dreams? Who cares? It's your dreams and you can go through it. So I would love to hear some more personal anecdotes from Nick. I just broadened the horizon for myself. I uh, apply the flywheel effect on my two main jobs, hobbies, lovable things in life and uh, try to pursue this every single day. Yeah, I, I love it. And the, the point of delusion is a big one, right? People from the outside may think it's delusional, but when you do the work, when you back it up every single day, you're doing the work. Something that I always say is that if anyone was going to do it, it would be me. Because if it's one in a million are going to achieve X, well, if I'm working harder, if I'm sculpting more than anyone else there, if I can confidently say that, then I don't think that that one in a million or that one in however many has a, you know, a, by the flip of a coin, they're just going to land on heads and that gives them that free path to beating me. No, I think it comes through meticulous work. It comes through the reflection. It comes through the sculpting. I think that's how it's achieved. Now, I could be wrong. You know, I, I highly doubt that I'm wrong. I think it's very fair reasoning to assume that. Um, let's say in a perfect world, of course, there is corruption and things like that. But you know what? At least I went out trying. And at least I went out trying as hard as possible. But that's kind of a separate topic. My personal anecdotes. Similar to Val, I've already kind of said my football. I've said the business. Now, what I really want to talk about is the small day-to-day -day things. Now, when I was saying previously how I am in business, you know, dipping my toes in a little bit, I don't really just dip my toes in, do I, Val? Yeah. I think there's a full foot in there, and that foot's staying in there, and then... The very inside. Actually for him. Yeah. There's a few things in the past week, day, hour, even this episode itself. When I do something, I want to do it at 100%, right? If we look at the current sculpted website that is should be out if my domain gets approved very soon, which hopefully it should, you'll see that that website that I worked on I don't have any experience, never made a website before, never used 3D modeling before. This is nothing, right? I started knowing nothing and I've made a website that is admirable. Maybe it's not the best website, but it's decent. It's pretty good. The app. I started off with a very, very basic interface. And the interface that I sent Val, I think yesterday, is now completely different. And when I look at the first iteration and the iteration now, I'm thinking, someone should probably be paying me to design apps. Like, <laughs> that, that's what I said. Yeah. Like, okay. And, and that happened over a month. Like, that's kind of crazy how quickly I pushed that flywheel going. And I think that if I'm able to speak um, 
verbaciously, I think the word is, where I'm kind of speaking a little bit about myself. I think something that I do very well is the quick adaptation to a challenge. I'm very quick at learning. I'm very quick at adapting and evolving. I think that's evident in the progress from the app. I think it's evident in a lot of things in my life. Coming to Germany, living in Germany by myself, all of these different things, I think it's an attribution to the, um, the things that I pride myself in, which again, it enables me to have confidence when I say this. If anyone was going to do it, it would be me. And so all of these little things attribute to this grander success. And you could say it's ego, right? But it's a deserved ego. Now, I'm not going to go say, oh, I'm the best of this, I'm the best of that, I'm the I can say I want to be. But this ego at least comes from somewhere, I believe. And I don't actively blow my trumpet, you could say. I would say I have to have a degree of humility to even achieve the level of success that I want. But this comes through a lot of awareness. Now, with the flywheel and the uh, anecdote, the, the, the big one that I wanted to talk about for this episode, right, was the, you could say experiment, you could say study, I don't know what the proper word would be, but what I did with my family was I gave them a challenge. And I told them that this was a challenge. I didn't really tell them much about it. I just said, this is the criteria. This is what I want you doing every single day. Oh, I tell you the criteria, but it was pretty basic. I think it was three things that I was asking from them. And I wanted them to take notes on it. And by the end of the month, I wanted to see where they're at. Now, what happened in that month was interesting. It wasn't a perfect month for them. They failed a lot. And I probably didn't expect them to fail that much because I was trying to like put it on them. I was saying like, I want you to do this for me, right? And they didn't do the best, but whatever. The main thing that happened though, is that through this process, more things happened subsequently because of it. So the three things that I gave my family to do now became four. And some family members, I won't say who, but some family members continue to do these four things. Others don't. Others don't do it at all. But there is someone who has continued to do more than the original task that I set them. So when they started to push that boulder, they didn't do too well, the baby. Maybe they're doing one thing every every day. That one thing became two things. Those two things became three things. And by the end of the month, those three things became four things. And these small, simple, actionable steps are an attribute to the flywheel in motion. And what I like about that experiment that I did with my family is that what I thought would happen where someone would continue to do more happened. And that shows a lot of character from the person who did that. Now, that's a good test for anyone. Do you think that you could do that yourself? Start off with two things. Start off with one thing. Start very, very small. If you don't go to the gym, and you need to start going to the gym, go for five minutes. Just make a point of going to the gym. You don't even have to work out. Just drive to the gym, pick up a weight, pick up a weight and just go, oh, and leave. Just start because you know what? In a, in, a, in a week's time, you'll start to be, well, I'm here now. I may as well do it for 10 minutes. You know what? I throw it up two times. Next week later, ugh, it's kind of getting boring. I may as well, you know, do something here. 
throw it up three times. One, two, three. And you know what? In a year's time, you're there for 60 minutes. You're working out. And this, traject this trajectory that you've built for yourself, this momentum that you've built for yourself, you have sculpted your destiny, right? And what that seemed impossible at the beginning, five minutes seemed very difficult for you at the beginning. This 60 minutes now that you do every single day is a non-negotiable and you can't see yourself not doing it. That's where I'm at, except I'm a few years down the track, right? That is the flywheel effect. Now, Val, have you got anything to say about that? Um, no, but I, I love the example of just starting. It doesn't mean you have to change or get the wheel pushing in one day. For example, Nick is a perfect example with the Figma designs, him in the learning stage of pushing the wheel. He's exceptionally great at being obsessive with the one thing and learning something new in different aspects. It doesn't matter if it's just the app right now, if it's the podcast, but it doesn't mean that you have to do the same. It can be that you change the world in a year. For me, maybe it's five years. For Nick in a day, there is no time set to it. But it just comes back down to staying consistent. I think we have like a motto here. Three pillars are starting off, that committing, starting off, staying consistent, and not giving up despite setback. And that's what I love about it. It's a very good point. Those three things are actually simple. Let's put this into a very, very realistic situation right now. Wait, I have one. I have one. Okay. Look, with my personal brand that I already mentioned on LinkedIn, I want to start. I have roughly 670 followers right now. Let's see. We will discuss this thing again. My personal brand, and we can maybe take uh, one goal or challenge of Nick in a second. But let's see how far I can come in terms of following, engagement, and opportunities achieved through LinkedIn at the end of this year. On the 31st of December, we want to do a small episode where we just talk about the things we discussed in today's episode. I want to build on my personal brand. I want to be cut. And the goal is three posts a week about either combining the football uh, uh, world and the business world, personal anecdotes, experiences, valuable lessons, etc. But I want to see, going back to the three categories, just starting off, I started today, 28th of August, 670 followers, not posting consecutively, but second point, being cons uh, consistent, I want to be con more consistent. The goal is three times a week and not giving up. Maybe if the numbers are not adding up, not giving up. On the 31st of December, I want to reconcile with Nick and talk about my challenge of the LinkedIn and I want to hear some goal of Nick right now. Okay, what I'm doing right now, Val, is I'm putting that in my um, reminders app and I am putting this in a weekly reminder for me to keep you accountable on that. Because something that I always do is I love to keep people accountable because keeping them accountable keeps me accountable, right? I won't, do, I won't ask you to do anything I don't do myself, okay? Yeah. So with that being said, Val, you're doing three posts? 
and I'm writing it into my calendar right now. 31st. Okay. Because I am competitive. Five posts. So a week. Okay. Okay. So both LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. Nick. And also, just to be clear, I do six a week already. But the let's say on one week, um, I might do like four because sometimes when I'm training in the garage and the phone, I forget to charge it. I'm just like, okay, it's fine. I'll just upload training tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But with that, I'm not going to just upload training videos. I'm going to upload podcast things. I'm going to upload business things. I'm going to do different, different types of posts. So I'm going to diversify my man. That's so my man. When we have this follow-up episode on the 31st, we will see where we're at, all right? And I'm, I'm very excited for this. And the, th the three things, right, that I wanted to, well, that you, you came up with, which a common theme for us is these three pillars. And it's crazy, right? I don't know where these three pillars come from, but I think I've seen them before. Have you seen them before? No, I've not. But... Uh... I want to sh show you, or I want to emphasize one more thing. For all the listeners out there, it's actually the post I created today about setting goals in business and football, and they kind of correlate. For you guys out there listening right now, you can join us on our challenge. Create one specific thing that you guys want to work on from now, August, end of August, until the 31st of December 2023, and see how far you come. I break it down into different categories. For example, when I set a goal, as of right now, my objective is to pers uh, work on my personal brand. That's my objective. My goal, it's all about creating measurable goals. If Nick goes onto my LinkedIn post, uh, he will see it. First of all, objective, personal brand, building it up. My goal, to get more opportunities and followers. And now the biggest thing is how to reach these things. I call it the how and output. What do I have to do in order to achieve these goals? Because a goal is only a goal and it's about how to achieve these goals. And the how and output is staying, consecutive, uh, staying consistent three times a week posting with valuable content. Nothing shitty here or there. It's about your true experiences, just writing something you care about and not looking at the numbers. If I stay at 670 followers, okay, but I just want to do this for myself and I put measures in place. I, for example, queue my posts with a uh, website called Tablio, which I can only recommend for LinkedIn users. It's great with helping you draft posts, creating them and scheduling them ahead of time. Because batch creating content is the key to staying consistent and not getting overwhelmed. Because if you do it on a daily ba uh, basis, it can get overwhelming. It can get frustrating because you take longer. For example, last week I had a content day where I created 60 reels with an agency in one single day. And before, I took two hours to create one video, recording, coming up with ideas, etc. So I'm very proud to have done this inside one single day and they are coming out in a couple of weeks but it's also about 
strategy, batch creating, scheduling, that you're not getting overwhelmed with on the day you where you have to post something. Oh, I need to get, get this done. It's important and I have to work all my day around this. Create something on a Sunday, three posts. I do this. I like to do batch content every week. So for this week, I got all them scheduled. In two or three days, I will schedule the next three things. And they don't have to be subjects that you schedule for, for months on end. You can also have like something spontaneous here and there where you change the queue. Um, but it's all up to being organized, prepared. Preparation is key. So yeah, join us on our challenge at, until the end of the year. With that, Val, also that preparation allows you not to miss days. So when you exactly. prepare, you've got things in the... For what? Pipeline. Pipeline. Like Nick mentioned. Yeah, like Nick mentioned. It, it, sometimes for him it's difficult. If he get, forgets his phone, he doesn't record in the garage. And um, this makes it difficult to get a post line on time. If you are prepared, you can be more organized and you don't get overwhelmed so easily. Yeah, yeah, very true. Now, the other thing, right, Val, I said the, the three pillars that you mentioned. I don't think you um, got what I was saying with that. Oh, sculpted we'll it up again. The sculpted logo is three pillars. I love it. And what I always attribute to the sculpted logo is often three pillars, right? When I think about my morals, the three pillars, professionalism, dedication, effort, three pillars. A big theme of the sculpted logo, the sculpted app, so many different things of sculpted are the three pillars of many, many different things. And I, I, when I thought of this logo, I, I can show you all of the original files. It was so bad at the beginning when Charlie and I were thinking of it. I came up with the name Sculpted. I also came up with the logo for Sculpted. And I can, I can say I'm very proud of that logo because if I had a different logo today, I would probably change it to the current logo that we have right now because it is very, very transferable into many, many aspects of sculpting itself. Also, Val, your post, it's doing pretty well already. So I'm going to... Really? Yeah, yeah. 16, 16 likes, two comments. And yeah. just so everyone knows on LinkedIn, small numbers on LinkedIn are pretty normal. It's it's not like them, it's not like Instagram because if you if you like something, it's like you have to agree with it completely because I don't know if you've ever seen Val, but in some comment sections in LinkedIn, it's like it just gets political. Yeah. And it's, yeah, on LinkedIn, it's, it's very professional business and... Small things, like even for me, twenty, like almost 20,000 followers, a good post for me gets 10,000 views, which is like nothing, right? That's literally half of my um, network. But what I've said to Val before is my network is my net worth not because of the traction that I gain through viewership. It's the network that I can tap into. And what that is, a good... Uh, perspective for that is the guests that we have on the show, right? Val might not be able to get those guests and no offense to Val, I don't think that this is what he was initially trying to do by having LinkedIn and it wasn't what I was originally trying to do either though, but if Val was to try and get the same guests on, he might not be able to or he might be able to have it would be a much harder time because he doesn't have those connections, but for me, it's only one message away. Now this yeah. is the difference, right? And that's not me bashing on Val, he didn't think about this when you no, started LinkedIn. You never would have thought you would have a podcast with me. You didn't even no. know me. Like there's so many different things, right? And just because I've been doing LinkedIn longer for you, 
and this is a byproduct of me networking and it's me a byproduct of me being on the flywheel the different things that i can pull from linkedin it's quite crazy but i think val is there anything else that you want to quickly address before we wrap it up because this has been an absolutely brilliant episode yeah that's it um i think something maybe to add is like building a personal brand on social media this despite which program doesn't matter it's about just doing it because it can only open up opportunities like nick nick mentioned i wouldn't have the same connections as him but i think he brings in the connections i bring in my personal um story or world or perspectives and i think we have a win-win-win situation for all of us because i get new experiences i get new connections i try to give my take on different things uh, from like a professional field from my own learnings that i fucked up or my uh, or stuff like that but um that's why i also want to build my own personal brand because i correlate with the vision of my company i am the face of my business and i want to share the, these things with the people share my learnings etc um yeah yeah i think that something that i like from val is how he is like the face of his business i think that's quite it's, it's, it's becoming more prevalent today, I think. If we think about Gymshark, if we think about Whoop, all of these CEOs becoming the face of their business and I quite like that. I quite like that. I see that in doubt. But with that being said, what an episode. One hour, 20 minutes currently. Uh, Val and I were also speaking prior to this chat for 40 minutes. So we're at the two hour mark already. So I'm feeling a little bit... The, the water bottle's empty right now. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but guys... There is so much action to be taken, but the action isn't massive. Start small. Start so small. Start with the five minutes. Because if you keep that up, if you stay consistent, if you keep going, if you keep refining, those three pillars that Val mentioned, if you never give up, then you know what? You're going to be in a much better position than you were when you first started. Let's let's summarize the, the actionable parts of today's episode for the listeners to sum up. From my perspective, I can say, just start, just commit to something, stay on the process and don't give up. So set yourself a goal like Nick and me did today with the LinkedIn. Maybe it's LinkedIn for you as well. And if you feel like you don't know what to write about or no one wants to know what I write about, we sometimes feel the same. But it's just about doing something, looking at the data, reflecting after a couple of months, which content worked, is it the growth content? Is it the audience building? Is it the lead content? Whatsoever. Looking at data is one massive thing that can help you decide on uh, what strategies to follow. So not doing what you think is right, but looking at data, which is absolutely transparent for you, which can multiply you in, in the, in, to the future. So set yourself a goal from today when you're listening this to the end of 2023 and see if how far you can come with this with these three pillars just starting staying consistent and not giving up until the 31st of december even if that means if it's five minutes of work one percent of your day represents 15 minutes that's not even a one percent effort you put in into your day five minutes that's all it could take to open up doors in the future. Do yourself a favor and see how far you can come.
Very good, Val. Very good. Guys, with that being said, as Val summarized perfectly there, there are steps to be taken, but you know what? Don't take massive ones. Start very small. This is the flywheel. And maybe one step to take, follow us on Instagram. Follow the Sculpted Podcast on Instagram. Follow Val on Instagram. Follow myself on Instagram. Share the podcast because the podcast is also on its own flywheel. And the trajectory, it could be massive. And you guys can be a part of that. So let's get the word out there. Let's start sculpting the future generations. Let's start changing the vernacular from sculpting, from grinding to sculpting. And let's shape the culture. Right? Anyways, guys. Flywheel out. Flow out.